Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 10 through 12 this morning. Boy, I know the ladies had a great time at the baking fellowship yesterday. And uh, I think there were 19 ladies there, isn't that right? Something like that. And uh, what a wonderful time that was. Hosea 4, verse 10 through 12. The title of the message this morning is Empty Hearts and Erring Ways. Empty Hearts and erring ways. Now in the previous verses last week, God told Israel that the people and the priests were the same. They were both living a sinful lifestyle. And uh, instead of the pastors rebuking Israel for their sins, they were actually getting fat off of them. Remember that? They eat up the sins of my people, God said. The pastors approved the people's sins, and the people approved of their pastors for doing so. So Israel, not having pastors coming out and condemning sin, speaking out against it, Israel had lost their conscience because God's priests were no longer standing for God's word. God wanted to bless the people of Israel. But to the degree that God blessed them in the past, in that same degree, they sinned against him. So God said, I'll no longer bless you. According to the desire of my heart. I'm going to have to uh, judge you according to the desire of your heart. I wanted you to follow my word and bless you. You wanted to disregard my word. So uh, before I became a Christian. I remember one day in particular when it all started. I remember getting in my car. And I was heading off to work. I remember feeling like my life wasn't complete. And uh, I even told my highway patrol partner at the time, I was still young, I hadn't been on long at all. But I remember telling him, I thought, it seemed like there's just something missing. Just something missing in my life. And I, I can't put my finger on it. And, and, you know, I was married, I had a new exciting career. I had, I had uh, just got my first child, Allison. And, uh, I mean, I had everything that I needed to make a, a man happy as far as earthly things goes. But there was something in my life that I just, again, I just couldn't put my finger on it. Something was missing. And unbeknownst to me at that time, that mysterious emptiness that I felt that was gnawing inside me, it was a hunger that I had to fulfill a greater eternal purpose in my life. And it wasn't until I came to know Christ as my Savior and was joined to my God, where before sin had separated me from Him. And I was joined to my God through my faith in Christ, that I could finally say that my life was complete. Do you know why so many actors and musicians are on drugs? Their life's empty. There's something they're not fulfilled in there. They need something else. And that never works, does it? Pearl Whitney Houston, such a beautiful woman, such a beautiful voice. Wealth, fame, <laughs> dies in her bathtub on drugs. Elvis Presley, same stuff. They all have the wealth and the fame that a person could desire. They have youth 
and beauty. They have handsome mates, beautiful mates, but deep down inside there is a painful emptiness that singing, acting, sex, and money and material goods cannot fill. Yet last night, Brother Shepherd uh, sent me a text message about a, a man that I used to work with when we were both young in Jacksonville. He was a young officer there. And uh, if you ever get into Jacksonville, there's a street named Zimmerman Street. And it is named after a police officer that I knew named Randy Zimmerman. And one night I was working and uh, Randy and this man Shane, uh, that Brother Shepherd texted me about last night, Randy and Shane were out on patrol and they went to a domestic disturbance and a man pulled out a gun and he shot Randy and killed Randy. And uh, Shane then shot the bad guy and killed him. And then yesterday, after 30 years, Shane killed himself. And he, he had muscles. He had a great job. Beautiful wife. Beautiful home. I mean, handsome fella. And, uh, but there was something there that his life was so miserable that he thought he should destroy it. Which would you rather be? Would you rather be a person who has everything in life but not satisfied? Or would you rather be a person who has just a few things in life but are very happy with what you have? What would you rather be? I'd rather be the person with a few things and very happy with what I have. At least I'm happy. These people just gather things for themselves and they're miserable. They're unsatisfied. I, I will take joy and contentment any day over wealth, depression, covetousness, emptiness. When I found Jesus Christ, I found everything I ever needed. I found purpose, love, identity, self-worth, forgiveness, joy, hope, eternal wealth. And eternal life. But the Israelites had rejected God and embraced idolatry. Thus, they lost everything that I found in Christ. God said, I will reward them their ways. Look now in verse 10 for they shall eat and not have enough. They shall eat and not have enough. In the Hebrew language, it's literally saying they shall eat, but they shall not be filled. Just like people today, they shall eat and not be filled. They'll eat their food, but they'll never be satisfied with it. Man, I used to love to eat at Red Lobster. Now, you can ask my wife. I have got some kind of amazing, uh, what do you call it, uh, metabolism. Yeah. Now, it used to be really amazing when I was young. Now, it's old, old fella amazing. But it's still pretty good. Still on up there. But I remember I used to go to Red Lobster. I loved going to Red Lobster when I was young. And I remember going in there one night. 
I was out of town for work. And I ordered this meal. And it cost a bunch. And when I got through eating, I was still hungry. And I walked to the cashier on the way out. And I swiped my credit card and paid that expensive meal for just me. And I walked away thinking, isn't that something? I just spent all that money going out to eat. And I'm hungry. And so I told myself, I'll never go to Red Lobster again. And I never have. Never have. They'll eat their food, but they won't be satisfied. Their bellies may be full, but their lives will be empty. They shall eat, God said. God wasn't depriving them of eating. They were depriving themselves of satisfaction. And that's what we're looking at here. There is a a, a difference between the, the things of this world and the creator of this world. And the difference is the things of this world can never satisfy. Only the creator can do that. We weren't made for the things. The things were made for us. We were made for God. So you can gather all the things you want. I've never met a woman yet who looks inside her closet and says, I can't use a single thing. I have everything to wear. That's because we were made for God. The things were made for us. So you can take the things that were made for you. And if you don't have what you were made for in your life. You'll constantly be eating. Constantly be consuming the world's goods. And your belly will still be empty. You'll be unsatisfied. You you can consume the things of this world and not be full. Or you can put your trust in Jesus Christ. And never hunger or thirst again. John chapter 6 verse 35. Jesus said I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And in other words. You can consume me. You can take me. And I will fill the void that the things of this world can never fill. If you have Jesus, you have everything. But if you have everything but Jesus, you have nothing at all. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 25, Jesus said, Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. In other words, if if all you're trying to do is say, well I, I gotta we learned about the rich young ruler today. Brother Shepherd, you know how he gathered all those riches to himself. And Jesus said, Well if you'll sell those, come follow me, you'll have, you know, uh, you'll have uh, uh, a reward in heaven and all that. And he says, Oh no, I can't give these up. What did he do? He was seeking to save his life. Well, i gotta, I got to hang on to this. This life. This is my satisfaction. And by hanging on to it, he lost life altogether. Because a few, a few years later, if, that, if he lived that long, he had to die and he gave it all up anyway. 
But whoever loses his life and says, you know what? My hope, my joy is not going to be in this present fleeting life that's, that's dwindling away every hour. I'm going to take the life that can only come through Christ. When you do that, you just found life. You just found it. You found life by losing it. <laughs> if you reject the creator of heaven and earth, you're going to be empty. But if you receive him through faith in his son, then the God who fills heaven and earth will fill you. I know that by experience, Brother Doug. God said they shall eat and not be satisfied. Look back in your text. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase. As they would eat but not be filled, so they would commit whoredom and would not increase. Sexual whoredom is certainly being practiced uh, at this time uh, that we're reading about here in the book of Hosea. Sexual immorality always accompanies a nation's departure from God. Just mark it down. Sexual immorality always accompanies a nation's departure from God. But the whoredom that was being spoken of here that was most prevalent and that was damning for the nation of Israel was not the sexual, the physical whoredom. It was the spiritual whoredom. Not the woman's unfaithfulness uh, to her husband, uh, but the creatures, the, the, the people's unfaithfulness to their creator. Their God. That was the whoredom that God was condemning here most explicitly. They worshiped the false gods of their own invention. The gods they worshiped were created by their own hands. They would carve images out of wood, they'd chisel them out of stone, they'd uh, uh, melt them and, and cast them out of metal. And beat them and into the, the images they desired. And, and, and they seek the blessing of their own work that they imagined. So if I get a little stick of wood or a block of wood here. And let's say that I say, um, I am going to whittle out a God that looks like this. I get through whittling it out. And it's some amazing looking God. Kind of like Zeus or. Something like that, and standing just like this, maybe a thunderbolt in his hand, and I whittle all that out. And I say, now this is my God. And I bow down to it, and I pray to it, and I seek that thing to bless me. I'm seeking the blessing from the work of my own hands. You see that? We'll say, well, well maybe, maybe Brother Colvin, maybe he carved it out. I'm seeking the blessing of the work of another man's hands. The blessing of his imagination or the blessing of my imagination. That's what happens when you have idolatry. You say, well, Brother Richard, we don't really have idolatry today in America so much, except maybe a little statue of Buddha every now and then or something like that. That's wrong. When somebody tells you that Jesus wouldn't send uh, anybody to hell, when somebody tells you that God is okay with a particular sin, when he says in his word he's not, do you know what they're doing? They're not worshiping the Jesus of the Bible. They're not worshiping the God 
of the Bible. They are carving out a God from their own imagination. So I take that same block, instead of putting a picture of Zeus with a lightning bolt in his hand or whatever it is, I take that same block and I say, well, here's, here's what I believe Jesus would do in this situation. Here's how I believe God thinks about sin. What am I doing? I'm just whittling out my own image of what I think God is. And being contrary to the Bible, you know what? There's a lot of people today that they say, here's how they explain away the Old Testament. Here's how they explain away a lot of the New Testament. They'll say, well, back then, that was people's idea of what God was. They, they had more of a view of a harsh God uh, or this or that or the other. But, but we now know, we've come to the place in, in, in the history of man to where we, we have evolved and, and we've grown and now we, now we know that God really is a God of love, tolerance, equity, diversity. And He just welcomes and accepts Anybody just like they are, and he doesn't condemn, and there's no hell to go to, and, and uh, all that good stuff. Everything's going to be just fine. No sin to worry about. Do you know what that person just did? They took the God of the Bible, and they slid that God over here and put that God away. They then took a block of wood, and they carved out the God that they want. And it's not the same God over here. They're worshiping the works of their own hands. The imagination of their own heart that disbelieves what God said of himself and accepts instead what they say of him. That's idolatry. As a person commits uh, uh, adultery in the heart, as Jesus said, as a person commits murder in the heart, as Jesus said, even though they may never lay a hand on somebody, so a person commits idolatry in the heart as well. They're making a Jesus they imagine. They're making a Jesus that agrees with them. They're fabricating a God according to their own inventions. And they do it all the time. They invent their own God. And then they call it our God. They go in places they call churches. And they claim to be representing the same God that we're worshiping. But it's an idol. And they expect the God that they imagine to bless them, to protect them, to prosper them, and to approve them as they desire, as they carved him out. But God said, Israel will commit this whoredom. They will seek the blessing of the God they imagine, but they will not be increased. They won't be blessed by that God, for only the true God of the Bible can bless you. Go ahead, Israel. Put your trust in the God of your own making. See if it can bless you as God once did when your father served him. Go ahead, America. You put your trust in the God of your own making. And see if he'll bless you, forgive you, and accept you into his real heaven, not the one you imagine, as he says he will. The God of the Bible will bless you according to His Word. But anytime we alter what the Bible says about God, and we substitute that with our own ideas, we're pulling a knife out in our mind, and we're whittling it in our heart to make us an idol to serve. And thus the God we serve can only bless us according to the wishful power of our own imagination. 
Not long ago, many Americans fashioned a God from their science labs. Christians said, follow the scriptures, but they said, follow the science. We've lived through that. They believe Christians live based on fear and ignorance and antiquated ideology. And they believe that their so-called science can bless them greater than the Christian God. But as soon as their followers put their trust in the science, the science changes on them. And God is telling us like He told Israel. He's saying, you'll commit this whoredom, but you will not be blessed the way you once were. Why will they not be blessed? Look back in your text. Because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. Like Israel, we quit listening to the Lord a long time ago. We quit taking heed to His Word. America has hired college professors to discredit the Bible and our young people's minds. And boy, are we paying the price today. We have created a society of hedonistic non-believers. Israel would be the greatest nation on earth right now if they would only return to the God they left so many years ago. And America would be more powerful than ever before if we would repent and turn back to Him. For the past 35 years, I've served the state and federal government one way or the other. And because I've done that, I have to limit what I say at work. And a lot of people say, yeah, that's, that's true, that's true, that's normal. The Constitution separates church, state, and all that stuff. Uh, but... Uh, that just shows us where we are. If any place should be safe to express the truth of God, it should be the government. The government. But because of that, because I work for the government, I'm limited in what I can say about our Creator. That tells you a lot about our government. In my lifetime, I've seen judges. Just my lifetime. I'm not that old. But in my lifetime, I've seen judges, people who work for the government, be forced to remove the Ten Commandments from their courtroom. How many of y'all have lived and seen that? A lot of us in here. We've seen principals be forced to remove God's Ten Commandments from the schools. We've watched it happen. We've seen politicians be forced to remove the Ten Commandments at the state capitol and other places of governance. In other words, that's just my short lifetime. In our, some of our parents' and grandparents' lifetime then, and all the way back to when this nation first started, but our parents and grandparents, for a lot of us, no one would have forced them to remove the Ten Commandments from there. No one would have thought it was separation of church and state. No one has said take the Ten Commandments down so the kids can't read them. No one would have thought about it. It shows us how we have put God's Word away. This is the decision our people have made. And this is the reason we are falling prey to corruption in our nation. And we're failing as a nation. We're being ruled by a bunch of crooks, perverts, imposters, and fools. 
And our people are following right along. Why? Verse 11. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. That's why. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. Whoredom represent, represented Israel's unfaithfulness to God. And wine and new wine, wine represented Israel's lust for intoxication. Lust for a lack of reality. Lust for partying and, 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 uh, and, and not being led by the Spirit of God, but being led by their own emotions and feelings and how good they feel. This verse, in other words, is speaking about uncleanness and intemperance, which go hand in hand. Back in the 80s, Ronald Reagan declared a war on drugs. Y'all remember that? War on drugs. Do y'all remember Nancy Reagan's campaign? What there's, it was, just say no, three words, just say no. Just say no. Just say no. I'll quote Nancy Reagan right now. Quote, just say no to drugs and alcohol, end quote. Just say no to drugs and alcohol. You know what? We lost that war. That's back in the 80s, man. We're 2023. Look at us. We lost the war. And why? Because our government was telling children to say no to drugs and alcohol. And all the while they were telling them to say no to drugs and alcohol, they quit telling them to say yes to God. We lost the war on drugs and alcohol because of that. When I grew up, there were no liquor stores in the city of Athens. Zero. Me, when I grew up. None. Couldn't even get at a restaurant. It was against the law. You had to go to some sleazy little town. Man, if you're from, uh, co- uh, not coffee, uh, Caney City, I'm sorry. But it's a sleazy little town. It's like, I don't know. It's sleazy. But uh, they had to drive to sleazy little old Caney City to get their alcohol. And, and, and even Caney City, they weren't even allowed to open up during church time. They'd be closed. It's called a blue law. In honor of the Christians and their God in the church. They couldn't sell alcohol during that time. But not today. Now on Sunday, while the Christians are meeting, and after the Christians meet, you can run down to your local grocery store and get all the alcohol you want. Today, many states have legalized marijuana and push it. People are investing in it. Today, drug cartels are flooding across our borders in an effort to meet America's insatiable desire to lose their sobriety. Supply and demand. If people didn't want to lose their sobriety and get high, get intoxicated... You'd never see drugs cross the border. They'd be losing money if they did it. But we have an insatiable desire. Whoredom and wine is what God said. Whoredom kicks God's word out of your life. Wine lets the devil's foolishness in. That's how you could break that down. Just like God's Ten Commandments are broken down to two laws. 
Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whoredom and wine breaks down to this. God's word gets kicked out of your life. Whoredom. Wine lets the devil's foolishness in. God said these two things take away the heart. That means they rob a society of their understanding. And that's what we've done. You can be intoxicated on something more than a drug. You can be intoxicated on a lie. What does that drug do? What does that alcohol do? It puts you under its influence. Now if you get your influence from something other than God's Spirit, you are intoxicated by that substance, by that person, by that false doctrine, whatever it is. One kicks God's out, the other lets the devil's in. Whoredom and wine. That's what America has right now. They have kicked God's word out and they are now intoxicated on the lies of this world. And God said those things take away the heart. They rob the society of the understanding. Ungodliness and insobriety have blinded the minds of our people. It's dulled their hearts. It's darkened their understanding. Because we have failed to stand on God's word, we're now falling for anything. God said, verse 12, My people ask counsel at their stocks, and their staff declareth unto them. He said, this is how dark their heart is. They forced my word out. They let the devil's word in. They started buying into the lies of the world around them. And now because of that, it took away their heart. It took, robbed them of their understanding. They're now walking in darkness. And now they're asking counsel at their stocks. And their staff is giving them guidance. The stalks is trees. You know how you might call something a stalk? Well, that's the same kind of English history here. The stalks is talking about the trees. And so they're asking counsel uh, at their trees. And their staff is giving them advice. In other words, instead of seeking the will of God, they're asking counsel or advice from their wooden idols that they carved with their own hands. The Lord, the Lord said, their staff declares unto them. Brother Neil, you still got your staff with you? I've been using his staff for everything lately. Over here in the Sunday school. Let's do it again. Let me see that staff here. Thank you. I look rather spiffy with this, I think. <laughs> Their staff declares unto them. So here's what that's talking about. Back then, they would have a stick like this. And can, can you catch the floor down here? Are you able to see the floor? Okay. So they'd say, I have a, a, a question, you know. I need to know. Should I do A or should I do B? And they determine their mind. If the stick falls this way, I do nothing. Stick falls this way, I do A. Stick falls that way, I do B. Oh, look at that. It fell the opposite direction. Now I don't know what to do. So they pick it up again. Here we go, here we go. Oh, I do A. Thank you, O idol. Thank you, thank you for answering my prayer and giving me the wisdom that I need to do today. That's what they were doing. 
That's literally what they were doing. And so God said, the whoredom, you putting my word away from you, the wine, you letting the devil's lies in, it's dark in your heart now. So instead of seeking counsel from the God who knows the first and the last, the beginning from the end, instead of seeking counsel from God who knows everything and has created you with a divine purpose, and you're now getting your guidance from a dead tree. Now this is your God. It's silly. I watched a... <laughs> oh, y'all are going to think I'm silly, but... There was a cartoon a while back. Some of y'all will recognize it. And these cartoon characters got lost. And you know those little things you pull the string on and it goes, and it has like pre-recorded messages on there? They took that thing. They said, oh, magic conch shell. What should we do next? They pull the string. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Or it would say something silly and they'd do whatever it said. It was ridiculous. That couldn't understand them. Have you seen that episode? With me? Okay. But that's how foolish it became. Anytime... You get advice from anything other than God. You're showing how your foolish heart has been darkened. It's letting that staff go and letting it tell you what direction to go. It's no different than having your palm read. It's no different than consulting your horoscope. Using tarot cards or a Ouija board. Or seeking any other advice from anything else other than God. The same Nancy Reagan that told children to say no to drugs was seeking counsel while her husband was president from her personal astrologer, Joan Quigley, who helped guide her according to the planet's alignment. What God is doing here is pointing out the utter foolishness of those who reject His Word as a bunch of fairy tales and then go and seek advice from a bunch of sticks or stars or a deck of cards. Let me ask you something. If you don't get your direction from God, where do you get your direction from? What guides you in life? From science, you get your direction from science. It changes every few years. You get your direction from your teachers. Where do they get their direction from? Who besides God knows the beginning from the end? Who besides God gave you a divine purpose, loved you before you were ever born? Who besides God holds the power of life and death and extends to you the promise of forgiveness and eternal life. America quit seeking guidance from God years ago and wherever they're seeking their guidance from now, it's just a bunch of falling sticks. Look back in your text. For the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err. 
In other words, because they have rejected God and played the, 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 the unfaithful wife on Him and, and now have gone off after other gods and seeking their counsel from other things, that spirit of rejecting God has sent them off into error. That's why people do the crazy things they do today. You look at the leadership of one of the most powerful nations on earth. <clears throat> They've adopted that philosophy of rejecting God's word and going with, you know, whatever the world says, the experts. And you know what you can do? I can pretty much tell you exactly what that administration will do in a given circumstance. You find whatever would be the wisest thing for them to do in that situation, and you can bet they'll do the opposite of it. They said last week that President Biden was going to reduce our Navy to help defeat climate change. Did y'all see that? So, so to fight a war on the climate, they're going to fix the Navy so they can't fight a war. We are now honoring men during Women's History Month. How foolish we've become. Why? The spirit of whoredoms has caused us to err. They become this foolish, God said, because the rejection of me has caused them to err. Look back in your text as we close now. And they have gone a whoring from under their God. This is what the, whore, the whoredoms he's talking about is. They've gone a whoring from under their God. In other words, Israel used, they used to live under the authority of God. God was up here at the top. Then you had a king who was supposed to listen to God. You had priests who were supposed to listen to God. The people were supposed to be following God. And whatever God's law said, that law trickled down to them. And they were under God's authority. Y'all ever seen a... Uh, organizational chart you'll have like the, the you know the the board of directors up here the CEO under here and these directors under here and and it just shows who is under whose authority and we used to be one nation we're under God and God says here's why you are living in the foolishness of of Taking your counsel from falling sticks. The foolishness of taking your counsel from experts who tell you that a woman is a man, that a man is a woman, or you can't know what a woman is anymore. You're taking your counsel from these people? They say you can change your gender and cut up your children. They can't even vote, but they can change their gender. How did you get in such a mess, America? Because you sinned from under your God. You committed whoredom from under your God. In other words, you're under the authority of God, under the direction of God, because if you're following God's Word, you're going God's direction. When you depart from God's Word, you depart from God's direction. And so when you departed from God's Word, and you said, there is something I'm going to follow over there. There's what I'm going to pattern my life after. There's where I'm going to take my advice. Not from Him anymore. At that time, you're committing whoredom to God by loving it instead of the God who loves you. And when you go after them, God doesn't go with you. God stays here. So you're sinning, committing whoredom out from under Him. And now I'm over here. 
with this false God, this false way of believing, following the, the, the inventions of our own hands, and now I have erred. And God's over there just looking, going, <laughs> look at you folks. Look at you. That is the position Israel was in. That is the position that America is in. And until America leaves their idolatry, repents of it, and gets back under the authority of God's Word, we'll still be walking in darkness with empty hearts and erring ways. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, Father, for telling us how wrong we've been, for pointing out to us, Lord, the utter foolishness of the decisions that we make. And Lord, in the darkness of our hearts, Lord, we shrug off, our nation has shrugged off the teaching, and they continue to let their sticks fall. And get their guidance from them. They're still carving out their images. And naming it your God. Just like they did in, in the Old Testament. They carved out the golden calves. And said these be thy God. Which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. Lord I pray Father. That you'll bring us to repentance. Remember Father Lord the righteous among us still. And bless our land for their sake. But Lord, we pray for our neighbors. We pray for their repentance. And if there be anyone here today, Lord, who does not know Christ as their Savior, I pray they'll lose their life for His sake. Rejecting, Father, the life of their birth in Adam. And accepting, Lord, the new life that's found only through faith. In Jesus Christ. In his name I pray. Amen.